Welcome to Hack to Start, a podcast focused on interesting people and the innovative ways they achieve success. I'm Franco Variano. And I'm Tyler Copeland. Each week we speak with a new guest about how they created, hacked, and hustled their way to the top and distill their insights and experiences for you. The path to success isn't always linear. Hack, start, and repeat. This episode is brought to you by Breather. Find beautiful, practical spaces that you can reserve on the go. Ghost, a simple, powerful publishing platform that allows you to share your story with the world. And SoundCloud. Hear the world's sounds. You're listening to episode 54 of Hack to Start. This episode features Puyan Salahi, the co-founder and CEO of Persist IQ. Tyler and I wanted to invite Puyan onto the show to share his many insights and experiences as an entrepreneur and product guy in the SaaS space. Puyan has tons of experience building startups and raising money. He started off his career at Apple, then quickly moved on to starting his own companies, including StackMob, acquired by PayPal, Lara Labs, and he was an entrepreneur-in-residence at Redpoint before starting his current venture at Persist IQ. This is going to be an amazing episode you won't want to miss, so let's get to it. Hey, Puyan. Thanks for being on the show today. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. So let's get started by getting to know a bit more about yourself. Where are you from? What did you study? And how did your passion for entrepreneurship develop? Sure. Um, So I actually grew up in Minnesota. Um, And in in, in terms of passion for entrepreneurship, so I actually grew grew up around uh, um, family business. So we owned a couple um, Domino's pizza franchises. And I've been Involved in that from a from a very early age, I think as as uh, I was nine years old when we when we bought our, our first store, and so that's really where I got my taste. Um, obviously, it's very different than than the tech world out here in Silicon Valley, um, but that's really where I got my taste of of really starting, operating, growing a business. So you went to Harvard Business School. Can you share more about your experience there and what it was like? Yeah, that was uh, that was a really great experience. Um, in, in in some ways, I joke that I learned more about business from running a pizza shop than <laughs> than how Harvard Business School. They probably um, don't like that. I, no, I think I think there, there there is some truth to it, right? When when uh, when you're dealing with people's dinner, um, they they can get very sensitive about that. But no, it, it was a is a fantastic experience. I mean, it, it's one of those places where um, you you get to meet some really amazing people, both in terms of classmates, um, but also. Uh, the, the people that come in to talk about the cases. Um, so you get a lot of the protagonists that do visit, and that was one of the, the, the coolest experiences. Um, but I think it was just a really great opportunity to learn so much about the world, um, how business works at, at a much larger scale. Um, and yeah, it was great. So while you were there, you had the opportunity to be a business development intern at the United Nations Development Program. So what was that experience like, and how did it impact you on starting your business career? Yeah, so that was um, that was one of the internships I did between my first and second year at business school, um, and, and it was a really interesting opportunity because I was actually based in India, um, and I went out there for this program that was basically supposed to use entrepreneurship to try to help um, people in in poverty get out of it. Um, and but part of that was building partnerships between the private sector and the public sector. Sorry, yes, private sector and the public sector. Um, and so it was a really fascinating opportunity to, to you know, try to do something good in terms of development, um, but also apply a lot of the business skills and, and entrepreneurship interests that I had. 
Um, so it was, yeah, you know, it was just something different. And, th and that's really what I wanted to do during that time. That's really cool. So after you graduated, you had the opportunity to join Apple to work on the iPod and iPhone display, as well as being their iPhone business operations manager. So what led you to working at Apple and what was your experience like working there? Yeah, it's funny. I, I actually was not even interested in going there um, or, or any large company for that matter. I, I wanted to uh, start something coming out of business school. Um, I just, I didn't feel like I had any ideas that I was, mm -hmm. that were really that good. Um, and you know, the, the other opportunities I'd seen, I was kind of, there just wasn't anything I was really that passionate about. And so the opportunity with Apple just kind of came up, um, through, through serendipity and decided to explore it, even though I wasn't looking to go to a large company. And I was actually, you know, very surprised, um, from the, the, the people I met there, the, the, the culture, the environment, um, and it just seemed like a really interesting opportunity. And, and to give you some context, uh, the iPhone hadn't even launched yet um, when, when I joined. So you know, you think about a world where the iPhone didn't exist to where it is today. So it was a very, very interesting ride uh, for the three some years I was there. That's pretty cool. So uh, after your time at Apple, you decided to kind of leave and, and, and do your own thing. Um, what motivated you to leave and, and kind of go back out to create your own startup? Yeah, so I, I guess part of the reason of going to Apple was just coming out to the Bay Area. Um, I knew there was a lot of interesting stuff here. Again, I grew up in Minnesota, went to school in Boston, um, wanted to be out here in, this, in Silicon Valley. And so Apple was, was a great way to, to get out here. And you know, during that time, met a lot of people. And so I always had the idea of, yes, I'm going to get into startups, whether it's, it's joining something or, or starting my own thing. And so um, you know, that's when the opportunity with, with StackMob came up. Um, and it just seemed, um, you know, like a very, very interesting time to do what we were doing at StaffMob. Um, mobile development was really taking off, and and really what it was is it's an API um, for mobile developers to basically spin up the back end for their applications, so you don't have to worry about back end development. Um, and it just, you know, it, at that time it was like, yes, this was needed, and and so figured, hey, it's it's worth giving a, uh, it's worth going for. Yeah, that's awesome. So uh, in just over a year, you were basically able to grow StockMob pretty significantly uh, and, then up and ended up raising $7.5 million as a Series A uh, right before it was acquired by, by PayPal. So can you tell us a little bit about uh, each of these experiences? What was it like uh, raising money and, and how did you approach it? Yeah, I think, you know, everybody's, every entrepreneur's experience in raising capital, there, the, obviously there's a lot <laughs> that's similar, um, but there's also a lot that's different that you just don't control. Um, depending on the the environment, what's hot, what's not. I mean, you can hopefully control your 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 company's growth. Um, but I think for for us, it was like I said, there there was a lot of wind in the sails um, in terms of interest in this space, um, and, and we were very lucky to to work with some phenomenal investors. Um, and then I actually ended up, you know, leaving. I, I joined Redpoint Ventures as an EIR um, prior to to the company being acquired. We'll talk a little bit more about Redpoint Ventures uh, next, but uh, I, I, I want to know, like, while the while the wind was in your sails, kind of as you say, um, what were some of the biggest lessons you learned through this first startup uh, that really impacted your career and what you're doing uh, today with Persist IQ? Oh man, we, how much time do we have to, to chat? There, <laughs> there, 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 there's so much. I mean, it, it's and it's something I, I guess I, I've, I've learned and still learning today. But it's one of those where doing a startup is, is such a roller coaster. Um, of, of emotions, and I think recognizing that upfront and and being able to keep yourself even keeled. Like you know, there are some times when you may get like a bad press article, and you're like, oh, everything's 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 going to come to an end. When it's really not. Like the things that, that happen that you think are are the end of the world are really not that bad. 
um, but also on the flip side, the things that that you think are are going to be amazing and make the company, they're really not either. Um, you know, let's say, oh yeah, it's that partnership, and they're going to get us a ton of users, and it's going to be awesome. Um, it, it it really is just waking up every day and focusing and doing the your, your best work ever, um, and with your team doing that and just doing that over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. So that's that's so, some solid advice. Oh, sorry. Yeah, it, 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 no, it, it really. I mean, it's nothing new, right? It, I'm sure you guys talked to a ton of people about it, but it, it's focus and then it's resilience. Um, there's a lot of stuff that happens externally, internally, um, and, and just being able to to take it all and just keep you know show up the next day and, and give it and give it your all. That's some awesome advice. So after your time at StackMob, you moved to being an entrepreneur in residence at Redpoint Ventures. So what was that experience like, and what projects did you work on? So that, you know, it, it was a great experience. Um, you know, the, the, the folks at Red, Red Point are fantastic. And the, in terms of projects, you know, I, I really went in there with, um, with, with a goal in mind of I wanted to, to start another company. Um, and so everything I did wa- was around that, just exploring a bunch of different ideas and um, working with different people. Um, so, you know, it, it was just like a, a, a great time to have, have, have a place to park and, and and be surrounded by some really, um, really, really smart people to bounce ideas off of. So, would you be able to talk a bit further about the ideas that you actually worked on? Uh, I mean, none of them are, are really even worth talking about because <laughs> oh, I'm no. not working on them now. Yeah, they they were pretty they were pretty bad. Uh, yeah, all of, I mean, it was just a ton of stuff. At that point, it was really um, stepping back and saying, all right, you know, what 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 do I what do I see that's interesting? What are kind of some unique angles that I see in, in different places? But I had focused it down. You know, I was always really interested in um, in the, the B2B space and in software, you know, and, and so I, th- I think that's what kind of got me started down the road I am now, like B2B software as a service. Um, and being in a, being in a, um, you know, being in a startup or starting something that's close to, uh, close to the money. And what I mean by that is, you know, you're actually able to charge customers and make revenue from day one. So what are some of the biggest lessons you learned from being on the other side of the table? Anything you can share with other entrepreneurs looking to raise money? Um, yeah. So, I mean, again, at, at Redpoint, I wasn't necessarily on the investing side, but obviously I got to spend, spend a lot of time there. Um, but having gone through the process of raising capital a couple times now, the, some, I would say some entrepreneurs focus almost too much on it. Um, and in a way, they can, let's say, become really good at raising capital but then forget to focus on the actual business itself um, and others are on the opposite way. But I think at the end of the day, if, if you focus on growth, then everything kind of solves itself. Fundraising becomes easy. Everything else becomes easy. And so I think if you just stay maniacal and focus on that part, that, that's probably the, the best advice at least I got. Um, and, the, and that's the easiest to digest and actually implement. Mm-hmm. I completely agree. So after your time at Redpoint Ventures, you moved on to creating something called Lara Labs, which was your second company, mm-hmm. which focused on building SaaS, B2B, and analytics intelligent products. So what are some of the products that you worked on during this time? Oh, yeah. We got, we got a, lot of, uh, <laughs> a lot of interesting ones from that time. Um, so that was me and my co-founder just you know, going through this, this phase of we had all these ideas and we we're just experimenting with them. And and, and building really quickly and trying to get customers for them. And, and a lot of them were, were interesting, some were terrible, but just to give you a sense, um, you know, like one thing, we, we built a cohort analytics um, s- service or software for, for like mailing lists. Kind of interesting, not, not, didn't really get anywhere. Um, we, we started a marketing automation 
solution for physical retailers. So again, it, it kind of bypassed POS systems and went into the payments data and, and tried to understand customers and then be able to segment them and then you know, do some really interesting things with giving them incentives to come back that was connected to credit cards um, and then built something around the sales space. Right? So all, it was actually an evolution that brought us to where we are today where the last project that we worked on was uh, a, a software that helped track, um, it was basically analytics and tracking for documents. So mm -hmm. if you are sending a pitch, a proposal, um, any sort of deck to, to somebody, you could actually see exactly when they opened it, what pages they looked at, how much time they spent on it. Um, and obviously now there are a couple other companies that are doing that, but that's what we started out with that started to get some traction. Um, and then that's how we discovered Persist IQ and, and then left that and doubled down on this. What are the three things most people don't know about building a solid SaaS product? So I'd say it really depends. Um, I guess you could, I'm trying to think if there's a way to generalize just SaaS products. Uh, in SaaS overall, like obviously, it, it can take a long time. It compounds. Um, so, so taking that into consideration where all right, you need to build something that, that hopefully you've got customers that stick with you for a long time. So that's one thing. Um, the second thing is churn is really, really important. So making sure that from day one you are focused on that. And you know, again, I could... We could talk about the, the, the customer experience. Obviously, has to has to be the amazing customer mm -hmm. experience. But you know, whether it's self serve, whether it's more of a sales type solution, I think that really does depend on the the product that you're building, the customer that you're serving. So I I I don't think there's like a, a general advice there. Just be like, yeah, this is the way to do it. Cool. Those those are some good tips. Anyway, like really really important. And uh, you know, SaaS is definitely a growing industry. So I'm sure I'm sure some folks listening uh, will appreciate that insight. Yeah, and I think the other the other thing actually interesting that I'll, I'll add there that that I learned was, and funny enough, it's, it, none of this has to do with a product. It actually has to do with with the building a business is really understanding what type of of product you're selling and at what price point you can sell it because that I think can really dictate what your customer acquisition strategy needs to be. Mm -hmm. um, you know, because if you're building a product that let's say at most can sell for ten to fifty dollars a month. That is really hard to support with, let's say, building out a full inside sales team. Uh, and so I think a lot of people will forget that or just not take that into consideration when starting out. Yeah, absolutely. That's a good, uh, that's a good point. Um, so we've mentioned it a few times so far, but you're currently the co-founder and CEO of Persist IQ. So what is Persist IQ and, and what really motivated you to start it? Sure. So Persist IQ, um, software as a service for outbound sales. Um, so it's, it's that process where you've got prospects or leads or people you want to talk to, um, but you want to get conversations started with them. And so we've built software that makes that part of it incredibly effective of, of moving those prospects through the pipeline. Um, a lot of it is just manual, you know, up until now it's been really manual, tedious work. Um, and what motivated us to start it was we, were, we faced the problem. I mean, we were doing a lot of outbound ourselves with our previous company and I literally had an Excel spreadsheet, and I, and I you know, tried all the different solutions out there from the individual email tracking tools to um, different CRMs to, to marketing automation systems. But you know, for this one workflow, nothing, nothing worked well. And so I still reverted back to I had an Excel sheet with probably 3,000 leads in it and just was running mail merge. Um, and I obviously was a data junkie, so I'm keeping track of exactly who... I sent a message to what day, what subject lines I was using, what templates I was using, um, and then what happened, right? So you can imagine if you're sending 100 on Monday, some are going to reply, some bounce, 
And so manually going back into the spreadsheet and updating all of that while then sending another 100 on Tuesday and another 100 on Wednesday. Um, that just gets out of hand. And then following up, and I think that's one of the biggest things in, in sales is, is persistence and, and the smart follow-up is really what makes a big difference. Now imagine trying to do that with well, just keeping track of who you already sent out to. It, it, it's impossible. Um, so I think that's what the, the, our own pain was just so much that we were like, we, we've just got to do this. That's awesome. And so and, and it's great to see that it came from like a, a, a place of need, especially now that the sales automation space is really starting to kind of take off. Um, you know, do you see any any more opportunities kind of within that industry? Uh, are you guys planning on on kind of branching out from the outbound type of stuff? Anything like that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I think with when I say outbound, it's that it's that process of communication. I mean, there, we even use it for you know, even when an inbound lead comes in, it'll still go to a sales rep, and that salesperson has to reach out. That that's an outbound process. Um, there is so much. I mean, our roadmap is years deep already, um, and we're learning new stuff every day from all the customers that we have and we talk to. Um, so yeah, it, it's a really really interesting space that I think uh, uh, is going to be very big. That's awesome. And so uh, basically, last year in 2014, you guys were part of uh, a Y Combinator, uh, you know, cohort. So what was that? Uh, what was the process like to get into YC, and why did you end up uh, deciding to go uh, to go that route? Yeah, you know, it was interesting. A lot of people kind of will ask that question, like, "Yeah, you know, both you and your co-founder were in Silicon Valley. You already had raised capital once. You already had some connections. Why, why do YC again?" And I, and I think number one, the interview process, ju- just going through the interview process alone. Um, I think is very helpful because it really forces you to to really think about your business um, and, and, and the product and the customers that you're serving and why you're doing what you're doing. And so, you know, even if we hadn't gotten in, I think we got a, a lot of value just out of going, really forcing ourselves to, to, to think through those questions deeply and answer them. Um, and then obviously the YC experience itself was, was I found it to be incredibly valuable um, even you know, having done a, a startup before, because one of the most precious resources you have as, as a as a founder as an entrepreneur is, is time and and how you spend that time. And I think the the real value that 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 YC can can instill and give is is this ability to focus and focus on the core things that matter. Um, just because they've they've been able to see it so many different times. And so if you think of it from that perspective, if if there's a system that can help you better spend your time to grow your company. Uh, it's a, it's a very powerful system. Mm, absolutely, that that's huge. So, speaking about that system, are there some major lessons or or pieces of advice that you got from it that you could pass on to to other founders, uh, or or any advice for people who might be listening, trying to get into YC, thinking about those questions uh, that you were just that you were just talking about? Uh, any, any process or tips around that? Um, yeah, yeah. Obviously, I'll do I'll do <laughs> answer however I I can. I, I think. You know, really understand to the best you can the problem that you're solving. I, I think you know if, when I think back to when I think back to our own interview process um, and, and the questions that we answered. You know, obviously for us it was it was we were solving our own problem, so we could at least understand that and speak really intelligently to that because you know it is very hard. The interview process is only ten minutes, but they do such a good job in those ten minutes of uncovering. All of the the edge cases, or, or, or all of the weak points that could exist in the business, um, and and I think you can. One of the only ways to really be able to address that is how well you know that problem. Now, whether it's something you've faced yourself directly, or if you haven't, you know, just spend time talking to your potential customers, the problems that they're facing. So I think that 
that's probably the single most important thing I would say that that could have the biggest impact. Mm-hmm, absolutely, that that's that's some huge insight. And so, um, were there any major lessons that that you guys kind of took out of of the time of YC? Uh, anything uh, there? Any any thoughts or insights? You know, nothing that 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 that's not that hasn't already been said. I mean, it, it's probably like you know written a thousand times over in all the different blogs out there. But I think you know, at least for us, one of the core things that that came out of it was focus. Um, really, really focus on the things that matter because it's so easy. Um, to get distracted, and especially in the early days of a company when it's you know you and your co-founder or, or co-founders, and exciting stuff happens, bad stuff happens, all this you know these different things come up, and somebody wants to talk about a partnership and this and that, but like really understanding what it is that makes your business move forward, um, and and just focus on that. And it sounds so simple, but I think it's one of the hardest things to do. Um, so that was number one, and then the second thing is just you know. Building a company is a very, very difficult thing to do. In a way, it's almost a miracle. If you think about all the, all the things you have to get through to actually get to product market fit, build a team, find customers, make, you know, make revenue, make sure you got enough money in the bank. Um, and so just remembering that you're going to have good days, you're going to have bad days, but it's just about showing up and doing your best every single day. And that accumulates over time. Yeah, absolutely, and that and that's huge. So, speaking about the focus and and just you know staying on page, um, you know how big is the team and and what's your role like right now uh, on a day to day basis, and and how do you keep the focus? Keeping the focus is is hard, I think. Um, but what what helps is making sure that every you know you've got a very clear goal, and everybody in the company understands that goal that we're all working towards that, and we all have different responsibilities and like sub goals that will support that. Um, but I think that that's one way because you can always then come back and just ask yourself literally every hour is what I'm working on going to help move the needle forward in terms of what we need to accomplish. If the answer is no, then it's like, well, why are you doing it? Um, so I think it, you know we break it down to to that. Yeah, absolutely, that's huge. So uh, you mentioned it kind of kind of earlier that you guys have a have a huge product roadmap. Um, are there any major things that we're going to see from from Persist IQ? Uh, you know, this year. Yeah, yeah, a lot of stuff that, that we we haven't we've already built, we haven't announced. Um, that's on the roadmap. That's like ninety percent built. That's coming out. But I think um, it will. I, I guess what I can say is it's going to be um, it, it's going to be even better than what we have right now in terms of prospecting. What we have or prospecting and selling. It's like already customers are seeing such a tremendous amount of value out of it. Um, but we've just got so much more. I mean, we we live the workflow every single day. And so it's not about any individual features, but it's really understanding that workflow that, that our customers go through every day um, and making their lives better by, by giving them a solution that, that helps them do that process. Um, so I know it's kind of a vague answer, but that's, that's pretty much all I can say right now. No, that's awesome. We'll have to keep an eye out for, uh, for the rest of the good news. Where do you see the biggest opportunities for entrepreneurs within the SaaS uh, business? And are there any technologies or industries that really interest you right now? Uh, yeah, sales. Because <laughs> obviously we're we're in it. I, I think it's uh, you know the way I look at it is very similar to how like developers now have some really awesome tools and solutions that empower them. Um, mm-hmm. And so one developer can can do some really amazing things. Um, and if you look in the last you know five to seven to ten years, marketers have really been empowered as well, both by marketing automation systems and all sorts of other stuff. And and I feel like. There's certain parts of sales that have gotten that, but sales overall, and, and I can, you can really break sales down into the very different parts of the funnel because they, they, they they're very different. That's an area that I feel like you know, we lived it, a lot of our customers live it, like the individual salesperson still has so much room to be empowered. 
Um, and so I think that's one of the areas, obviously, we're really, really excited about. Um, as far as other technologies or industry, I mean, I, I geek out about all sorts of different technologies. I think there's so many interesting things out there right now. Um, it, it, it's really hard to, it's hard to say, hey, this is the one. Um, obviously, not related to software at all. I think ha having the, the self-driving car is actually going to be very transformative for industries all over the place. I'm, I'm, that's something I'm really excited about. Um, I think space technology is really interesting. Um, mm -hmm. That doesn't even get talked about all that much. Mm -hmm. um, but as far as within within SaaS, I, you know, I, I really think there there's there's a lot of unbundling in places, and then there's also a lot of bundling in places. So I think it's really understanding those workflows, um, and I think that's that's an area in SaaS that that still has a, a ton of opportunity of really making workflows more effective. What apps, devices, or tools are you currently using right now? Yeah, um, so I actually just read the book by Mark Roberge over at HubSpot. Um, I believe it was called like the Sales Acceleration Formula, and I thought that that was really well done. Um, so I think that that was interesting. Um, as far as kind of apps, devices, tools that we're using right now, um, <laughs> I, I'm laughing because there's just like so many different ones uh, that we use. But I think you know, obviously, like most other startups out here, we're using Slack, and I think that's been that's actually been um, been very helpful, very interesting. Um, in, in terms of our internal communication, um, things like uh, Trello and Asana for project management uh, or product management. Um, and then, you know, in terms of communication, um, there's an app that actually integrates with, with, with Slack called Room that, that we've been using quite a bit as well. It's, it's basically like, uh, like Google Hangouts, except a lot easier um, and a little bit better. So that, you know, that's one that, that we use on a regular basis. And obviously, and, and, and Persist IQ, we use, <laughs> we use on a daily basis <laughs> as, as well. That's awesome. I haven't checked this. We use Google Hangouts with our uh, with our Slack as well, but I haven't checked this Room application. I'll definitely check it out because I know yeah. the Google Hangouts integration isn't the best. Um, the workflow is a little bit on the harder side, but uh, I'll check it out. Sounds yeah. awesome. Great. Cool. So uh, do you have any last thoughts or personal models that you live by and you think others should know about? Um, I guess, you know... Yeah, I have some personal ones. I don't, I don't, I don't know how much they'll actually be applicable to to others because I think you know every um, different different people are really driven by different things. But you know, one at least one thing for me, um, you know, that, that's always been hard is, is you know I've I've got for example I've got I've got two kids and I'm still and I'm doing the startup thing and I think a lot of people are like man how how do you do that or or, or, or why do you even do that like there there are times when it might seem a little bit crazy and and you know one thing I, I always think about is life is really short. Um, and it's worth doing the things that that you really care about and and enjoy doing. And I think obviously for me, having a family isn't is is awesome. Um, and I really care about doing that. So I want to have that and keep doing it. But you know, doing doing startups and really by by doing startups, it's not just the oh yeah, cool, I'm doing a startup. But it, it, I think you can really break it down to saying you know, I just love solving problems, working on problems, love building things, and more importantly, doing it with people that you just love doing with every single day. Um, and I think that's. That's one of the biggest motivators for me of, of doing this is like you get to choose who you work with um, and, and learn from them every day and, and expand your, your knowledge base. Uh, and, and I think that's also incredibly valuable to me. So just trying to find that balance, I would say, you know, really figure out what, what you value um, and, and do everything you can to protect that and, and move it forward. Yeah, absolutely. That's huge. Well, thanks so much for taking the time to uh, speak with us today, Puyan. It was great to have you on the show. Great. Thank you guys for having me. Appreciate it. Well, that's about it for this episode of Hack to Start. You can find all the important links beneath the show. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, at Hack to Start, and sign up for our newsletter to know about all the latest episodes, behind-the-scenes content, and more. Thanks for listening, and see you next time.